Hi, everyone. I'm Jennifer Zapp coming to you from the heart of the Midwest here in Iowa, and this is Unlocking Mindset. The intent of this podcast truly is to stir up your thinking about your thinking by connecting you with helpful experts and thought leaders who can help you unlock the hidden power of your own mindset. Today, I'm in conversation with Ryan Godfordson. Ryan is a leadership and management professor and author of Success Mindsets. When I recently read an article Ryan wrote about leadership mindset, I knew he was someone I wanted to bring to all of you. And here he is. Let's hear from Ryan. Uh, So I'm Ryan Gofferson. I'm a leadership professor at Cal State Fullerton. Uh, And many people don't know this, but we actually have the fourth largest business school in the country, um, which allows me to really dive deeply in in terms of teaching and doing research on leadership. And one of my primary areas that I focus is on, on mindset, so it, hence we're having this conversation. And uh, I just uh, published a new book called Success Mindsets, Your Keys to Unlocking Greater Success in Your Life, Work, and Leadership. All right. Tell us some more about your book. What can a reader expect? Well, I, I'm going to set the bar pretty high. I have high <laughs> expectations for the reader and for the book in the sense that I think it's going to be and can be an individual's deepest introspective dive that they ever do. And the reason why I say that is because when we start talking about mindsets is what we don't often realize is is that our mindsets are foundational to everything that we do. They, They drive how we think, how we learn, and how we behave. Now, when most people try to focus on their personal development, or if we're going to focus in an organization on developing leaders and employees, we generally focus on either behaviors or their thinking, or sometimes a combination of both. Rarely do we get to the level below that, and that's our mindset level. And I think the primary reason for that is because for most of us, we're not conscious of our mindset that we, we kind of wear these mental lenses around and we, we've grown accustomed to the idea that how we see the world is the best way to see the world. And it's not until somebody could kind of point out, look, you're wearing a particular type of lens and it may or may not be beneficial to you, but let's, let's investigate that. And so the whole book is about investigating our non-conscious mindsets and helping us to become conscious of those mindsets. Removing those blind spots. Yeah, definite blind spots. And the, the challenge is, again, is we have a tendency to just think that, our, that how we see the world is the best way to see the world. And so it's, it's almost like not even blind spots. It's just we're unaware that how, like our entire vision is being adjusted based upon the current mindset that we're wearing. And that can have a lot to do with early messaging. As, as children, right? Is that what you mean? Yes, yes. Those, those early life experiences and messages that have been absorbed. Most definitely. So the mindsets that we have we have them because we believe them to be the best that we have. We, because of life experience, we've adapted our mindsets over time to, to the point where what we're now looking through is we think it's 
the best way to see the world. Now, I, I overgeneralize this, but I think that there's two primary uh, ways that we've come about to develop the mindsets that we have. One is, like you said, just how we are raised and our life experiences. So to give you a quick example of that, research on fixed and growth mindsets has found that if you are complimented by your parents uh, in terms of labels, such as you are so smart, you are so funny, you are so pretty, you're inclined to take on more of this fixed mindset where we, where we think of ourselves as either being a have or a have not. Either I have these things or I don't. Whereas if we're complimented in terms of the amount of effort that we're putting forward, such as, oh man, you put forth a lot of effort there, congratulations, um, can you see how you've learned? That type of complimenting is, and recognition is allow our children to develop more of a growth mindset. So surely how we're raised affects that, but then we're gonna have a wide variety of experiences beyond just our early years that are gonna to continue to shift our mindsets. Um, so for example, for me, when I moved away to college, and started living life on my own, I just quickly learned that living life on your own is, is difficult. And I started to, to just become more self-protective um, because I was kind of scared of the world out there. And, and so experiences later in our life can also shift that. So the first thing is just life experience. The second thing is our current culture. Uh, and this is oftentimes in, in terms of where we work because we may come into a culture with a really positive mindset, but if that organizational culture is negative, what we see is that over time, our mindsets will, will slowly shift to become more, more negative. Unless oh, yeah, we are the emotions are contagious. It. Yeah. Okay. So now on your LinkedIn profile, it mentions four primary mindsets that fuel our success. Can you take us through those four mindsets? Yeah, and I don't think that there's any secret recipe to four. I, in fact, I think that there's probably dozens of mindsets that we can identify. The, the primary reason why I focus on four is um, I, I kind of come about this from an academic perspective, is I want to present information that I know is validated and research-based. And and across the last 30 years of research across psychology, education, management, and marketing, these different disciplines have identified specific mindsets and have studied those, for, as I mentioned, for decades. And so what I've done is I've just pulled these different mindsets together into one framework. And so the four, each of these sets of mindsets really exist on a continuum from negative to positive. And so the first set is fixed versus fixed versus growth or fixed and growth. Second is closed and open. Third is prevention and promotion. And fourth is inward and outward. And so each of us along our mindsets currently fall somewhere along each of these continuums. And the basic idea is if we can identify where we are on these continuums and identify our destination, then we become empowered to shift our mindsets more towards the positive. And then do that naturally our thinking our learning and our behavior will improve and unlock ourselves that makes a lot of sense and i want to ask about self-talk the inner critic habitual uh -huh. thought and get your thoughts around that because i think if we think something enough 
course, it becomes a habit, but I think then it also goes into our belief system. For sure. And I'm totally there with you. So one of the things that we've got to understand is what exactly are our mindsets is that they are neural connections in our prefrontal cortex. And each of us has a negative mindset, like a fixed mindset, neural connection, and a growth mindset, neural connection. And whatever one is stronger is the one that we naturally, naturally rely upon the most because it fires more quickly and it fires more loudly within our brain. And so uh, somebody with a fixed mindset, they generally see failure as being a bad thing and they have a tendency to internalize failure. And, and that's where you'll, a lot of negative self-talk occurs. Um, but when somebody experiences failure, they don't have to necessarily see it as a bad thing. In order for them to see it as a good thing, they've got to override maybe their natural inclination that they have with their fixed mindset neural connection. And so when we understand this, then what this means for us is if we want to make shifts more towards the positive, we've got to activate and strengthen our positive mindset neural connection. And there's a wide variety of ways in which we can do this, which include watching short videos, engaging in short journaling exercises, having discussions about these things, going through a training, and then, as you mentioned, self-talk. And So self-talk is one of the ways in which we can exercise these positive mindset neural connections. And so if we're in this middle of this COVID-19 um, crisis, it, you might want to call it, is how do you talk to yourself about this? Do you say, oh, no, the sky is falling or something along those lines? Or you, do you try to just sit back and say, how is this an opportunity to advance me more towards my goals and my destination? And, and so that as what that as we ask that question, what we're inviting is more positive self-talk and we're activating those more positive mindset neural connections. Does that make sense? Yes, it does. And it it changes everything. Mindset just impacts everything. It, it can take us from a positive experience to the polar opposite, which affects the whole body. Can you get into that a little bit about the, you know, the physical elements? Oh yeah. So let me tell you about a study and this study is really fascinating. They took a group of financial professionals in the downturn of the economy in the later parts of 2008 and first part of 2009. And these financial professionals were, as you can imagine, quite stressed. And they broke them up into, half, into two groups. And one group, they showed a three-minute video about how stress is disabling and, uh, or, and debilitating. And the other group saw a three-minute video about how stress is enhancing. And what these videos were primed to do, and both were actually based upon research findings, they were designed to help these individuals shift their mindset. And then what they did is they tracked their engagement, their performance, and their blood pressure for the next two weeks. And what they found is that those who saw the three-minute video about how stress is enhancing, two weeks later, they had, they had higher engagement, higher performance, and lower blood pressure. And, and so what this is saying is our mindsets, you know, one, are truly foundational to everything they do because they shape not only our perceptions, but also how we behave and, oper uh, and operate on a conscious level, but also how our bodies respond to the world around us. 
um, which speaks to the, really the power of our minds. And, and it's incredible to think that just watching a three-minute video had those effects. But that that's, to me, a great sign because if we could focus on our mindsets and shift them through small interventions, this now becomes doable for us. Right. And I have a similar example in a workshop. I gave each participant a piece of paper and one had something positive on it and the other piece of paper had something negative on it. Nobody knew who had which one. But then afterwards, after reading whatever the statement was, then we explored how they were feeling in their body, how they, their outlook, how it changed after just reading something either positive or negative. I love it because, right, what we're doing is that just that piece of paper is it's activating either the negative or the positive mindset. And, and if we don't do something to curb it, if it's the negative, then we're going to hold on to that a little while. And that's actually going to affect our decision-making and processing over the near term, for sure. Interesting. Yeah. And the thing is, is that it's, it's a narrow window. So I see self-awareness being a critical part of this for a person to be able to recognize when they're being triggered and then respond, interrupt the habitual pattern and respond with a different mindset. Any tips on how to build that awareness? That's kind of the million dollar question, but, but it is doable. And because what, what our mindsets are, they're the things that we look through. And, and what you're talking about in terms of self-awareness is we've got to develop the capability to look at what we typically look through. And in or, I think in order for us to look at our mindsets and evaluate them, we've got to be able to put labels on these mindsets. Because if we don't have labels and, and descriptions for mindsets, we're gonna have a really hard time looking at them and, and understanding what they are and, and knowing what's effective. And, and so that's where I hope my book is really helpful is that it helps people put labels on mindsets, help them identify what these different mindsets are, helps them show that through research, there's certain mindsets that are better than others. And then with all this information, now we could start to turn inward and say, okay, what mindsets do I have? And, and in addition to that, I, as mentioned earlier, is I have a personal mindset assessment that people can take. And it's a 20-question assessment, but it's designed to help people identify where they stand along each of these continuums. And that's free uh, on my website, ryangoffertson.com. And so for me, that assessment's been critical with the people that I work with because it provides objective data about our mindsets. Um, because we can guess all day long what we think our mindsets are, and we may um, guess in favor of ourselves or be biased towards ourselves. But at the end of the day, it's really hard to refute more objective data. So true. So true. And labels. We're talking about labels. Labels are so powerful because they, people become what we tell them they are, especially what we tell ourselves we are. Yeah, I couldn't agree more with you. Now, Ryan, can you tell us what your, your inspiration was for writing this book? 
I, at the end of the day, I, I guess there's two reasons. One is this has been part of a, a, a research journey for me, uh, is when I was doing my dissertation at Indiana University on leadership, it allowed me to study the last 70 years of leadership research. And I found that the dominant focus is on behaviors. What behaviors do we need to engage in if we want to be effective leaders? And I think that that's an important thing to understand, but it felt short-sighted to me because I think leadership is more than just doing the right things. It's about being a certain type of person. And so I've been on this journey to figure out how do we tap into the being element of leadership and everything's led me to mindsets. And even my personal experiences led me there because as I started to get into mindsets, what I very quickly realized is that I didn't have the most positive mindsets. And, and as I started to deeply learn about mindsets, I developed the, some of the tools and capabilities to be able to shift my mindsets more towards the positive. And, and to be honest with you, I mean, if, if I hadn't have done some of this mindset work myself, is I never would have started up my own consulting business. I never would have written my book. We would have never been having this conversation. Um, and so I really feel like as I've shifted my mindsets, I've been able to unlock greater success for me. So I think the second reason why I wrote the book is really for me, is I need this, these ideas uh, as much as anybody else does. I love that. And I've had a similar personal experience and that's why I am so fascinated with, with mindset too, is that I have changed a lot just by changing my mindset. And I think it's really true that people change based upon how they feel. Can you say a little bit about how mindset and feelings go together? Well, yeah. I mean, even just let me put these labels out there for you. So on the negative side, we've got fix, close, prevention, and inward. And even as I say those words, I don't know about you. I mean, I just say these words all the time. So, so they have maybe a little bit more feeling with me. But when I say fix, close, prevention, and inward, I kind of feel like a raisin, like just kind of being shriveled up. Mm-hmm. But when I say growth, open, promotion, and outward, how do you feel? The, the, does that bring any feeling to you, Jennifer? Yeah, it does. It feels lighter and more open. Yeah, that, that's the, the way that I, I feel as well, is this is like this open, it's almost like a flower that's blossoming. And at the end of the day, this is the effect that our mindsets have on the people around us. If we have more of the negative mindsets, we're going to have more of this shriveling effect on the people around us. If we have more of the positive mindsets, we're going to have more of this uh, blossoming effect. And the thing that's really interesting about this is I'll do these leadership seminars and I'll ask all the leaders in the room, are you trying your best as a leader? And everyone will say yes. Um, But then when I talk to them about how things are going in their business, what I always find is that those who have the more negative mindsets will say something along the lines of, oh man, it has just been a difficult year. I, I am working my butt off and I, man, I'm really struggling with my people. I don't know what to do. I need to get better people on the bus. Whereas when I talk to the, the, the leaders that have the positive mindsets, how has your been? They said, oh, fantastic. You know, it's been one of the best years ever. In fact, 
I, I can't compliment my team more in how well they've done. So here we got this situation where all these leaders are thinking they're doing the best that they can and they're trying their best, which I believe that they are, mm-hmm. but, and they see themselves as trying their best, but the outcomes that they are experiencing are incredibly different. And it's because depending upon their mindsets, they're bringing a different atmosphere and a different style of leadership uh, depending upon their mindsets. And that's creating a completely different world for the people that are operating under them. Um, and so at the end of the day, the feelings that we have in our workplaces are rooted foundationally in the mindsets of the, of the leaders and the people. And so, in fact, when I work with organizations, I'll have everybody take my mindset assessment and then I'll aggregate those results up to the collective level and just in a few snapshots, we can get a really clear picture of the quality of the work environment there in the workplace. So it really creates a climate, which is affects the culture. Most definitely. In fact, so let me just jump onto that. Let me give you an experience that I had. So I, I was a Gallup consultant for a year. Mm-hmm. And I, have you worked much with Gallup, Jennifer? I use their strength finder assessment with my clients. Okay, love it. Uh, which I love the strength finder, but they've got an engagement tool that's called the Q12. And it's 12 questions that they've identified that drive engagement in the workplace. And across all of the organizations that worked with is they found about 35% of employees across the United States are engaged in their job. And so I knew about this Q12 before I started to work with Gallup. And when I got into Gallup, uh, I wanted to answer the question, okay, I get all 12 of these are important, but is there one that is more important than all the others? And Gallup will never answer that question. And so I got my hands on as much data as I could, which was 60,000 employees across nine organizations. And what I found is that if somebody could give a five, meaning strongly agree on the question, my opinions count at work. Mm-hmm. then they were engaged. So if they can give a five, 95% of employees were engaged. And this is in a database where 35% of people are engaged, which suggests that not many people feel like their opinions count. So what is it about the organizations or the context in which people feel like their opinions count? And that's ultimately going to be rooted in our mindsets. For example, if we have a closed mindset, and we generally think that our way of thinking is the best way to think, um, then we're not going to be very open to the ideas and suggestions of others. And thus, their opinions aren't going to count. And so ultimately, the, the, as you mentioned, just the culture and the feeling at the organization is, is going to be different depending upon our mindset. And with our mindset, that drives our thinking, our behavior, our words, and all of that carries an energy. Yeah. Like what we talked about earlier, where the example of when we talked about fixed mindset and how that felt closed or the open mindset that felt lighter and more open, to me, that's, that speaks energy. Definitely. We were talking a little bit before the show, and you mentioned that you had a teenager, a teenage daughter, is that what you said? Yes, she is graduating from high school this year. She just turned 18 in December. Great. So I've got an eight-year-old and a five-year-old on my end. And 
and let me see if this resonates with you, but there's times where there may be some friction between you and, and your child. Uh -huh. um, in those instances, when you see her as not doing the best that she can, what's kind of your energy toward her? It, I would say it becomes constricted and I make a point of addressing the behavior versus the person. Mm -hmm. And I do that intentionally in order, to, in order to focus on a growth mindset for okay. her and for me. Uh-huh. Great. So one of the things that happens is when we see others as not doing the best that they can, we, we have a tendency to, I'm going to just put what you said a little bit differently, and you probably handle it better than, than I do. But we have a tendency to get critical and to kind of want to fix. Mm -hmm. But what if we see them as doing the best that they can? Would we bring a different energy then? I think we would. And one of the things that I'm really cautious about is the natural inclination to want to fix because the message that we are sending there to the other person is we don't think they're capable of taking care of it themselves. Yeah. And so a lot of times when we don't see others as doing the best that we best that they can, we're going to kind of pursue them. So we're going to kind of say, I want to fix this problem. When we see them as doing the best that we can, we're, we become less of the pursuer and we become more of the inviter. We start to ask questions. Well, what, what led you to do what you did? I want to better understand this because I think that you did your best. And so what led you to think that that was your best option? Now we grow curious. Yes. And, and when we do that, we start to meet them where they're at as opposed to talk to them from above. Does that make sense? It makes absolute sense. And I'm glad that you went in the direction of curiosity because I'm a firm believer that when we're curious, we can't be judgmental and curious at the same time. So lead with curiosity. I love that. That's great. I've never heard that before. Can't be judgmental and curious at the same time. That's so true. Yeah. And judge when we're judgmental, I believe we're in a closed mindset that, you know, it's my way is only the right way where we can be in a growth mindset. We have curiosity. We begin to wonder, Hmm, what are they, where are they coming from? How are they seeing this? Yeah. Let me add another layer to that. In addition to that is I think it's a difference also of a inward versus an outward mindset. So when we have this inward mindset, we are seeing ourselves as more important than them. Right? So I, I know what's best here. Right? I, I'm my view is more important than your view. And we have a tendency to see them as objects uh, and objects maybe to fix. Whereas when we have an outward mindset, their needs and wants matter just as much as our own. And when we see them in that way, then we're able to see them as people uh, and to treat them as such. So instead of an object to fix, we, felt we see them as a person to explore. And going back to the word curious is just be curious about. We're coming from a place of humility when we do that. 
And what I mean by humility is that you're okay, I'm okay. Sharing that, that human experience. And we're connection. recognizing that, particularly if we're talking to a child, or even if it's an employee, that we've been in their shoes before, right? Like, mm-hmm. we've, we've, we've made dumb decisions with incredibly good intentions. Like, and that's the way our kids and our employees are. Is they have all the best intentions in the world. It's just that sometimes they're a little bit short-sighted. And, and so rather than scold them, we, we sit with them and say, look, I've been there before. And I think that's an element of, of humility there. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And instead of scolding, like you said, it, it's a matter of redirection. Mm-hmm. And when, whether it's a child or an employee, when you can be real, you give that person permission to be real too. And that's where the magic happens. And that magic is oftentimes learning and transformation. Mm-hmm. Because if we approach them, you got to, if you need to do it better this way in the future, it's just not going to translate as well as, Hey, I've been there. How, you know, I know, you know, yeah, I'm not the happiest that this happened, but I've been there. Like, what do you think we do next time? Right. If, and you, you lead with that curiosity and with the questioning and, what we start, they start developing the answer for themselves as opposed to you telling them the answer. When they develop that answer for themselves, that's where transformation happens. Yeah, and that's the best part. I'm not looking forward to being a parent of teenagers. Um, so, uh. <laughs> <laughs> well, there are, of course, like with everything, there are there um, the pros, the cons, and one of the greatest pros that I have found is just watching my daughter and her thought process and how she makes decisions and knowing that all the foundational work that we've done up front is part of that. And she is so solid in herself. And I'm so glad that she has that. And I believe it's because my husband and I have have both really emphasized the growth mindset and allowing her the space to learn and figure out who she is. Yeah, it sounds like it. That sounds great. Good work. Yes, thank you. Thank you. And I'm sure you will do great with your future teenagers. (laughs) I've got some time to try to figure it out. We'll see what we can do. Okay, Ryan, as we wind down here, how can people connect with you, stay in touch? Yeah, uh, the two best ways is, uh, number one, my website. On my website, you can find the mindset assessment that we talked about, So, and then also my book, uh, as well as any other book retailers. But if you go to my website, uh, at least at the moment, the ebook, if you buy the ebook, you'll get the audiobook for free. The print version of my book comes out May 5th. Um, and we'll also be doing some giveaways with the audiobook on that as well. Uh, so, website is number one. Second best place is LinkedIn, is where I'm most active. I would love to connect with you there. Great. Yeah, I, I've already ordered your book from Amazon and I can't wait to get it. Awesome. Well, thanks for, the, for ordering it and we'll, we'll make sure that it gets to you for sure. Of course. All right. Thanks for joining us here today, Ryan. 
Hey, thanks for having me on. I really appreciate your great question. Thanks, Jennifer. Well, there you have it, the power of the human mindset. Be sure to visit Ryan's website, ryangotfordson.com, and connect with him on LinkedIn. Mark your calendar for May 5th. That's when Ryan's book, Success Mindsets, comes out. And until the next episode, thanks for tuning in to Unlocking Mindset. Thank you.